Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me, first up, Sarah Rule. She's a playwright, two-time Pulitzer Prize finalist, Tony Award nominee, recipient of a MacArthur Fellowship, the Susan Smith Blackburn Prize, and currently on the faculty of the Yale School of Drama. Good morning, Sarah. Hi. Thanks so much for calling in. I was so moved, as I mentioned before we went on air, by this book, Letters from Max, a book of friendship. Could you tell listeners how this came about? Um, yeah, and thank you so much. Uh, Max Ripa was my student at Yale um, as an undergraduate. I teach playwriting at Yale, and he walked into my classroom as a 21-year-old and was so incredibly bright. Um, he was just kind of unmissable. And um, by the end of the semester, it turned out he'd had a recurrence of a pediatric cancer um, called Ewing sarcoma. And Max and I became friends. He graduated from Yale, and in the midst of his treatment, we wrote letters back and forth. We shared poetry. We shared plays. Um, I got to know his wife. He got to know my family. And at a point, we decided to make our book, uh, our, our correspondence into a book. And um, after Max died two years ago, I ended up finishing the book. Ugh, I have chills. When I, I got this book, and I thought, what is this? And <laughs> it just is such a beautiful tribute to him. And it's just amazing how you captured, uh, you know, while he was still alive, that the two of you collaborated and created this book. Well, it really was a labor of love, and it, um, at first we just wrote letters just because we enjoyed writing to each other, and maybe it was about a year or two into writing letters that I thought we'd just make a little handbook, handmade book, kind of stitched up together with thread and give it to friends, because we would write letters about the afterlife and poetry and um, all kinds of subjects, and then it became clear that it was a real book, and in the meantime, Max had published an extraordinary book of poetry called Four Reincarnations, um, also published by Milkweed Editions, and Milkweed ended up being interested in publishing the book, um, which I'm so grateful for. That's wonderful. I want to read some of the um, notes on the back. Max says, everything in my life, the fabric of my life itself, is dissolving. You are not. Maybe I am not. That's what your letter meant to me. Wow. When you when you receive stuff like that, that must have really, you know, grabbed you. Well, Max was a was a I think he was a genius and not only did he have a genius for poetry but also a genius for friendship. Mm-hmm. And one thing that was amazing about Max was he had such a sense of humor. And so, I mean, I think a lot of people think the book might be bleak. Um, but he's really really funny. Um and he would do things like, I, I sometimes am nervous um, reading in public, so Max would text me to distract me. <laughs> um, and so the book is kind of a hybrid of text and memoir and and letters. I, mean, I think it's an unusual book. Um, maybe, it's, maybe it's a book for the millennial era we're in where letters are still, we still love letters. They're still beautiful, but they're sort of disappearing and are threatening to be replaced by our instantaneous forms of communication. Well, that's what I was going to mention, that this really is so old school and meaningful mm-hmm. when you think about when there weren't, you know, even phones, you know, mm-hmm. years and years ago. People would write these beautiful letters, and this really 
makes you realize that you can't get this in a text. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't. And, and at the same time, some of Max's texts, especially towards the end, when he wasn't writing long-form letters, were, like, were also like poems. Mm-hmm. But I think he had this very old soul where he he could write texts, he could, you know, he he was an amazing performer, but he also wrote these letters that were almost like 19th century letters that you'd write on a whaling ship when you were far from home. And yes. um, he would sometimes take a year to respond to a letter. Um, I had written him one letter about the afterlife after he told me that he was afraid of death. And so I told him what my view of the afterlife was, and it took him a year to really metabolize it and think about it and write back. And, of course, we had contact about other things um, throughout that year, but but certain letters took their time, and other other letters didn't. I, I have so many questions. Um, what I was going to say is, how did you feel when you first had this connection? Because I can't imagine you had any kind of anything like this with any student before. No, I mean Max is kind of like a comet who sails into your life, and it's you know once every twenty years, and, and I have profound friendships with a lot of my students. But I think with Max, because the time was so compressed, it was almost as though I knew that, you know, if Max had had a long life, he would have been one of those those students who become like family. And I have teachers like that in my life who've become like family to me. But that's been over a period of 20 years um, of knowing each other. And I felt like I had to compress all these conversations with Max into a very short amount of time, into four years. So there was a sense of um, of urgency about that. And, you know, questions that are abstract to some people, mm-hmm. like what happens when you die, uh, were very real and urgent for Max. Absolutely. Um, at what point did you feel you could tell he was slipping away? Mm. I mean, he was very, he was writing up until the last week. Um, I think I didn't hear from him for maybe three days before he died. Mm -hmm. Um, But his mother told me that in one of her last conversations with Max, he said, "Um, that's it, I can't write anymore. Uh, And and he said, do you think I fought hard enough? And she said, I do. Um, And then, you know, he let go and she let him go. But... Um, it was so moving to me that writing was so central to his his life force Yes, that when he felt like he couldn't write anymore, he knew that was the end. I, I'm noticing in the book, by the way, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Sarah Rule, uh, who created this book with Max, is it uh, Ritvo? Ritvo. Ritvo, who's a student of hers. Uh, Letters from Max, a book of friendship. Um when you first both both started signing, I love you. I see I love you, Max, XOXO, mm-hmm. Sarah. That's that's so special that you were mm-hmm. both able to express how you felt about one another. Yeah, and I think I think Max insisted on a certain level of directness and demonstrativeness. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I come from a family in the Midwest and I lost my own father to cancer when I was twenty. And we really had to learn to say I love you towards the end because it was always something that was unspoken in my family. And I think Max, having dealt with mortality from a young age, really had no time for that 
sort of thing. Like if he if he loved you, he told you. Beautiful. And I yeah. think that applied to teachers. That applied to friends. That applied to his family. Um, it, it applied to people who he'd met. You know, very. I think I was reading an interview with. Um, he did an interview with a poet and. And very quickly, they, they came to that point, and they might not even have met in person, but I think that's one gift that Max gave to his dear ones was, you know, not waiting to be demonstrative, um, saying I love you and meaning it, um, and not also not being um, caught up with... Uh, I mean, I, I think we're we're afraid in our culture of any relationships outside of the nuclear family or our romantic partners that that have a deep love to them. And I think friendship and um, the relationship between teachers and students is is transformative and can have a deep amount of love in it. And Max, you know, was all for expressing that. How did you feel? Uh being able to experience the fact Max got married and you were seeing all these beautiful moments, but the inevitable was coming. It was hard. I mean, I was so glad that Max was feeling healthy at the time of his wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a real gift. And there was a point when he was doing immunotherapy that there seemed to be a little hope on the horizon. Um, And then he got really sick after that. I, I mean, I think there was a part of me that as soon as his recurrence came, I mean, I knew how serious Ewing sarcoma is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a part of me that always felt like um, Max didn't have long. Right. Um, but certainly there were moments, there were moments of hope and there were moments of joy throughout. And that was one rare thing about Max is he had such a wild sense of humor and such a life force and such a joy that being with him, even when he was, you know, post-op and he was coughing up blood from a tumor in his lung, um, he still communicated a, a huge amount of joy. What would you like people to know about this book? I guess I'd like them to know that it's a story of a friendship, it's a story of an unusual friendship, and that... Um, if people are interested in poetry but are slightly afraid of poetry, I feel like this book is a is a way in to Max's poetic world. He has two other amazing books of poetry, Four Reincarnations and the Final Voicemails, which I also recommend incredibly highly. And I think what this book gives you is a window into the person and to what Max was thinking and feeling when he was writing his poetry. And I think... When Max and I talked about this book when he was alive and we were putting it together, we always hoped it would be some sort of comfort to someone. Yes. Uh, And so I think whether it's someone who is bereaved or grieving or having to contemplate mortality for for whatever reason, um, I guess we hope that this book would be a solace to that person, to that reader. I was going to mention that, uh, we have to wrap up in a few minutes, but I was going to mention, you know, the name of my show is Get the Funk Out, and I feel Mm -hmm. like by the two of you doing this, you help sustain him and bring some positive to his life in some very dark times. Well, we are living in dark times, and we're living in such dark political times, and I think that I've often wondered what Max would say about our political landscape, because we used to talk about politics all the time, although none of that's in the book. 
And I think there's something gentle and enduring about friendship. Yes. And friendship gives us a deep solace, and sometimes we forget that when we're so buried in the news and on our phones. So I guess I also hope that the book is sort of a call to friendship um, in the midst of the dark times that we are living through. Where can people find out more about you in the book? Um, they can go to my website. I have a website, um, sarahruleplaywright.com, and Max has a, a website, too, maxritvo.com. R-I-T-V-O. And Sarah, thank you so much for calling in. This is a beautiful book. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. You too. Have a great day. Okay. You Bye-bye. too. Bye-bye. That was Sarah Rule calling to talk about her book, Letters from Max, A Book of Friendship. Uh, it was written with Sarah Rule and the late Max Max Rit- Ritvo. Uh, if you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And within an hour or so, I'll have our com- conversation on there. Uh, but you can find out more about the book right now on the show blog. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm moms underscore rock. And KUCI is on Twitter at KUCI-FM. And we are on Instagram at KUCI-FM. We're going to take a short break. And then we're going to be joined by Alice Stewart. Uh, she's been performing. She's a singer-songwriter for a very long time. She Years ago, she performed actually with Frank Zappa. And she's got a lot of stories to share. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.